you know me very much, you know I don't like to be recognized very much like that, but the Bible says to whom honors do. I was looking for him. I don't see him. My dad in here? Dad, you here? What? Dads that are here? That's your role model. As I already mentioned, not perfect, but faithful. I don't know why I lost my hair. He was one that was supposed to pull it out of me. <laughs> Dad, thank you. I'm so thankful for Dad and Mom that stayed yes, with sir. it. Yes, sir. Amen. Young people don't take for granted. I'd like to say thank you tonight to the church for continuing on and being faithful. That's this church is who gets, uh, obviously God gets the honor, but this church gets it too because of the time that's poured in to weeks like this, having a school, a college, we could go on. Just give you a, a, a testimony from one of the men in my church back home. I've had he had, he keeps track, and I don't know the exact number. I think last time he said seven or eight. But I told we were talking about coming out here, and that we were bringing the two young guys out, and he said, "Good, they need to go out." He said, "You're taking them to that place in Indiana." I said, "Yes." He said, "Good, they need to go there." He said, I don't know what the church is doing, but they're doing something right because they're training preachers. That was his words. They're training preachers. That's a testimony to this church. And I'm so thankful. Young people, uh, you look around at the addition of people tonight. That's the people that have made this happen. They've sacrificed. They've given time, money, effort. To make it available and possible for you. I'd like to thank Pastor Mitchell. He's a dear friend of ours. His wife's a friend of ours. His family. Church, don't take him for granted. Amen. He needs an Aaron and a her. To sustain. Amen. Don't run. Don't hide. Be faithful to his side. God is good. And I'm thankful for him. We all ultimately, of course, have to give thanks to Jesus Christ for counting me faithful, putting me into the ministry. I'm so grateful for that tonight. Take your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 42 tonight. I also want to say thank you to Steve for being here tonight. A friend from years ago, working relationship there, and I appreciate you being here this evening. I'd like to start reading in verse number 5 of Isaiah chapter 42. The audible that Pastor Jeff called, that's my fault. 
Because sitting here listening to you all sing about wonderful grace of Jesus, I started thinking, man, that's got to be what heaven sounds like. And I said, the only thing better than singing that would be singing holy, holy, holy. And so I asked if we'd move that, sing that, and I appreciate him doing that. I feel like this is a little low, maybe that's just me right now, but. Verse number 5 says, Thus saith God the Lord, He that created the heavens and stretched them out, He that spread forth the earth, and that which cometh out of it, He that giveth bread unto the people upon it, and the Spirit to them that walk therein. I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness, and will hold thine hand, and will keep thee. And give thee for a covenant of the people, for a light of the Gentiles. To open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison. And them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. I am the Lord, that is my name. And my glory will I not give to another. Neither my praise to graven images. Behold, the former things are come to pass. And new things do I declare, before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Sing unto the Lord a new song, and his praise from the end of the earth. Ye that go down to the sea, and all that is therein, the isles and the inhabitants thereof, let the wilderness and the cities thereof lift up their voice. The villages that Kedar doth inhabit, let the inhabitants of the rock sing. Let them shout from the top of the mountains. Let them give glory unto the Lord and declare his praise in the islands. I'm going to do something just a little bit different as we start. I'm going to ask Pastor Allen and Pastor Parrish, would you guys mind standing and opening our time in prayer and just ask the Lord to bless tonight? Yes, sir.
Amen. Thank you very much. During the siege of the Alamo in San Antonio, Texas, back on March 5th, 1836, for those who stood inside the Alamo, all the words of encouragement had entirely vanished. During their fight against the Mexican armies and that of Santa Ana, Colonel Travis stood before his men, understanding or uh, 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 speaking this to them. He says, if anyone wishes to depart under the white flag of surrender, you may do so at this time. And then unsheathing his sword during a lull in the incessant bombardment by Colonel Travis, or by by the Mexican army, in front of that group of men, I guess I lost. Lapel is muted. There we go. In that battle, in that lull, he took his sword and he began to draw a line in the sand in front of that 190 men. And he said these words, those prepared to give their life and freedom's cause. Come over unto me. He drew that line in the sand and he said, I want you to step over the line and come unto me. As we know the story that went on, without hesitation, 189 of that 190 group of men stepped over the line. Colonel Jambui did not. He was stricken with pneumonia. But he spoke up and he asked that his cot be carried across the line. We read our text here in this passage. And I get to verse number 8. And I hear a statement made in the word of God that says, I am the Lord. That is my name. I imagine as God of heaven unsheathed the sword of the word of God. And in the sands of time, written in blood so rich and divine, he takes that sword and he draws a line in the sand. And he says, I am the Lord. That is my name. And tonight, I'm going to ask for just a few moments. I know we have other things on our minds. I know there's an anxiousness out there of who's going to win those trophies. For just a little bit, just tell yourself the other guy won. (laughs) So that we can focus on what God has. Pastor Jeff, we're going for juggler tonight. We're going to go for it tonight, all right? And I just want you to come along with me. Because there's a line that is, that's drawn in the sand. Joshua, under the inspiration of the word of God, penned these words. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. I understand it's not just teenagers here tonight. We have church here 
Fairhaven Baptist Church, there's a choice to be made. The line is drawn, teenagers. The line is drawn in the sand. The choice is yours. If you want to go out under that white flag of surrender, you may do so at this time. I call you to that phrase, or I call you today to the thought, the line has been drawn, and that is this, I am the Lord, that is my name. What was he writing there in scripture that day as this was penned here? I believe very clearly he was telling us that name that I write in the sand, it's in all capital letters, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. He says, I am Jehovah. He says, my name is Abba, Father. I'm your father. He draws that line in the sand and he says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. That's the line that we're drawing in the sand tonight. He says, I'm the self-existent one. I was there in the beginning before anything else was created. I'm there today and I'll be there forever. Because I am Jehovah, your God. He's the omniscient one who knows everything. He's the omnipotent one who who is all-powerful. He's the omnipresent one who is everywhere with us. He says, I am Jehovah. I'm the Most High. I'm the everlasting God. He says, I'm the God who sees everything. He says, I'm El Shaddai, God Almighty. I'm Elohim, the, your creator. Amen. I'm the one that allowed you to be here. Yes. He says, I'm Jehovah. It gets good. It's there in that passage. He goes through everything praising him. He says, I'm Jehovah Yahweh. I'm Jehovah Jireh. I will provide for you. He said, make the choice, I'll provide for you. He says, I'm Jehovah Nisi, I'll be your banner to lead you into this battle that we're facing. He says, I'll be Jehovah Shama for you. In the midst of the battle, I'll be your peace. He says, I'm Jehovah Rapha. If you get damaged or hurt in battle, I will heal you. He's got that line that's drawn. He says, I'm Jehovah Roya, my shep- your shepherd. Jehovah Sabbath, my ho- the Lord of my host. Jehovah said, Kenu, the Lord of my righteousness. Amen. And because of that, because of who I am... You can make the choice tonight. Go ahead and step over the line. I want to preach tonight on this idea of surrender to Jesus Christ. You know why I can step over this line? Because He is King of kings and Lord of lords supreme. I get excited when I start talking about who God is. Because of all that He does for me. It's worth it. He says, that's my name. 
I think it probably would have been okay. We probably would have understood when it says, I am the Lord. But he stops and he says, that's my name. He emphasizes his name, Jehovah, for us. And I beg of you tonight, will you commit to stepping over the line into battle for him? Will you surrender? Will you come on? He says, after all I've done for you, won't you just give your life back? I mean, after all, that's your reasonable service. Won't you cross that line first off in the area of salvation? I'm not going to preach this very long because we preached it this week. Hell's been covered, which is the payment for your sin. And if you can look at the, an eternity in hell and sit in your seat and say, I don't care. I fear for you. And we looked at the payment for your sin yesterday a little bit of Jesus Christ and what he went through on the cross. And if hell doesn't get you and you look at Jesus dying on the cross and you say, I don't care, I don't know what else will get you. So it's been preached this week, but I fear that there's still someone sitting here under the sound of my voice that has not crossed over the line of salvation. And I don't know what the reasoning is. It may be pride. Everybody thinks I'm saved. That's not a reason to die and go to hell. It may be that your sin is just so, you love it so much. That's not a reason to die and go to hell. Step out from your seat and say, God, I'm coming to you. I need forgiveness for my sin. And I know that when I cross that line, Jesus will be my righteousness. It's already been said, all of heaven will rejoice over your salvation. If heaven's rejoicing, everybody in here is going to rejoice as well. And if not, then they're not right with God, okay? So don't let that, don't let that be a discouragement for you coming. And saying, I want Jesus Christ to be my Savior. Because once you step over that line and you've committed to Jesus Christ through His precious blood on the cross that is good enough for you, let me tell you something, it'll never get taken away from you. You will be sealed unto the day of redemption. Come on. I got that word right there in my notes, Pastor Jeff. Hallelujah. I just didn't get there yet. (laughs) Number two. This is where I want to focus a little bit longer this evening on this point. It's time that some of us see the line that's written in the sand and say, I'm going to cross over that line in the area of service for Jesus Christ. That's right. The problem is this. Judges chapter 10 verse 6 says this, And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. 
all caps again. That's Jehovah, the same God that says, I am the Lord, that is my name. And in his presence, in the sight of the Lord, it says, they served Balaam and Ashtaroth and the gods of Syria and the gods of Zidon and the gods of Moab and the gods of the children of Ammon and the gods of the Philistines and forsook the Lord and served not him. Some of those in this building tonight have not crossed that line into service for Jesus Christ because we're too busy serving the gods of this world. Why would we forsake the Lord who can provide everything to go after vanity in this world? The God, little letter G, before the big God, capital letter G. We saw it happen. We've been talking, and it's it, it's it, to me it's fun to see how something just keeps coming up in the the past or the the time of this week, the Ark of the Covenant when the Philistines had it. That's the that's this world, okay? And what did they do after they conquered the Israelites and took that into back or uh, uh, back to their land? They took it and they put it into the the temple of Dagon. And what happened the first night that the presence of God was in the presence of the little letter G? God ruled supreme. And Dagon fell on his face that night. And the God that you serve tonight of this world will fall down and worship Almighty Jehovah sometime. They came back in and they set that God back up. Maybe it was just an accident. Because we are serving this God and this God is good for us. And what happened that night? He fell down again. This time his hands fell off and his head fell off. It was irreparable. And some of us will be so stubborn in our life that we're going to continue serving the God of this world till God up in heaven says that's enough. Your life will be irreparable. It's time we step across that line of surrender. Because of this, God, what does it say there? My glory will I not give to another. God will get his glory. I thought Brother Mitchell was get, Pastor Mitchell was just going to take my notes and go with it. He will get his glory. Dagon fell. The hand of the Lord was heavy upon the Philistines. And the hand of the Lord is heavy upon some of you right now. Because you will not submit to serving Him. Some of these things that we're involved in in the world, they're not wrong. But if it comes before capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, it is wrong. And I tell you again, God will get his glory. We are not to be like the world. 
We have no choice until God takes us home to glory. We don't have a choice. We're in the world. But we shouldn't be of the world. I believe very firmly in my heart that God has not stopped calling for young people. But I do believe just as firmly as I believe that, I believe that the call of God upon some of our lives, that sound is muffled because of this world. Do you think for one moment that God has said, I don't want any more preachers coming out of that youth conference? Do you think God for one moment has said, I don't have a plan for any of those young people to become missionaries, to go to a faraway country and win people to the Lord? No, I believe it's still calling there. I believe there's still some young ladies in here that God is keeping you for a specific purpose to, to, to be a help me to a husband in the ministry. It may not be a specific call on you to go to some place. But to serve God with your life. That call is still there. But it's muffled. There's nothing wrong with a good career. But if your life is focused on that career and the stability of that career, you've missed the line in the sand. There's nothing wrong with making money in this world. Financial security, there's nothing wrong with that. But that's what you're focused on in life. I'm not going to serve God because it's not a lucrative business. You failed to step across the line. Not bragging, but there is one thing when God called me to preach, and it was on this night, August, well, August 12, 2007, God called me to preach, but it was on this night that I sat right back there after preaching about not being in the back. I was in the back. And Pastor Bishop preached the message, Philip Bishop from, from out, out east. Be sure your sin will find you out. And the idea that there's land to be conquered and if you don't do it, that's sinning before the Lord. That God confirmed that call in my life. And from that point on, I said, God, I don't know exactly the ministry that you have for me. I don't know exactly where you have me to want me to serve. I have to make money to support a family. I have to eat to live. That's Baptist doctrine. (laughs) But would you do one thing for me, Lord? Do not let me get into a position that I'm tied to the money at the job. Three times. Very clearly. I was going to take that. And God pulled me out of every one of them. Twice. I got fired. 
and you look back, oh, you got fired. Actually, the positions that I was going for would have been awfully nice money. And I believe I would have gotten locked into that. And God was answering my prayer. Steve's here. One of those was, one of, one of my, my choices was at, with our, I own the moving company. I was starting to consider uh, uh, leasing one of them big Penske trucks. You could design it yourself. I was going to have the ramp and the lift gate. And as I went through and figured it out, it was going to be $1,100 a month. That would have been 2011, 2012. No, no, sorry, 2014 or 15. I would still be paying that lease right now. <laughs> what would be with ministry if I was had, had to be focused on that? It would have caused financial stability. But that couldn't be my focus. And I believe there's a call coming to you. Step over that line for me. Serving Jesus Christ with your whole life. And some of us say, but that's not financially stable. And I'm proof today that you don't have to starve in ministry. Let's walk through my life. And I'm proof that God provides your needs. I'm proof that God will will fill you above and beyond what you would ever imagine. I'm not saying there's not rough times. I'm not saying there's not times that faith wavers. But in the end, it's worth it all to serve Jesus Christ. The problem is we sing living by faith. But we've stopped Living by faith. Because that's just not the American dream anymore. There's nothing wrong with sports. But if that's your focus, you've failed to step over the line. And we talked about it this morning. I'm not going to belabor it. But it doesn't matter how many points you have in your basketball game. That will mean nothing when you stand before Jesus Christ. But if you take the step over that line, that will mean something. Your wardrobe means nothing to God. But some of us are focused on that. And we say, I want this girl and that girl to approve of me. Let me remind you something. God will get his glory. You will fall on your knees and worship him. And say, you are king of kings and lord of lords. Your social media. How many friends do you have? Let's compare. (laughs) Well, I'm famous because I've got so many subscribers. 
I, I, I. God's going to get his glory. I'm just giving you a warning. There will come a time in your life, and I believe it will happen on this earth for you if you're a rebel against God, that you will all of a sudden say, I do understand that God is God. So why not do it willingly? In your work, and we have to work, I understand that. Remember that God will get his glory. Pastors, we've all been there. We get up in the pulpit, behind the, the, the sacred desk that God has. One of the men presented our church with a pulpit, and he said, I'm doing this because if our, ever, our church ever gets away from preaching the word of God, it'll cease to be a church. And if your preaching becomes a glorification of man, the, whole, the Lord will abase you. I've watched it happen to see pastors who served in ministry for a long time and began to be their ministry instead of God's, and God took their voice away. Because God will get his glory. Music, God will get his glory. You may enjoy it for a season, but the pleasures of sin will only enjoy or endure for a season. Go to First Kings chapter 19. You remember earlier in the week when we talked about Peter? Some of you are saying, good, we're finally off of Peter. 1 Kings chapter 19. But remember back when we talked about Peter that God called him away from the nets. And then he went back to them. Let me show you an example of what ought to happen with those things of this world that are little letter G, gods. Verse number 19. This is talking about Elisha, or sorry, Elijah. So he, that would be Elijah, departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him. And he with the twelfth, and Elijah passed by him, And cast his mantle upon him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and mother, and then I will follow thee. Stop and say that's not the same as when Jesus said, Forsake your father and mother. I don't believe that's the same scenario. It says, And he said unto him, Go back again, for what have I done to thee? And he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew them and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and gave unto the people and they did eat. Then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. Look there in the beginning of that verse 21. What did he do? He returned back and he had an ox roast. That's something we do in Pennsylvania. 
the fire department cooks up ox, oxen and we go, you, you go and buy it and eat it. But what does it say he did with the plow? Do you see it in there? It says he took, he boiled the oxen with the instruments of the oxen. He took the plow. Hopefully you're smart enough to know that back then plows were made out of wood. He took that, he broke it down into small pieces, and he built a little fire underneath the pot, and he boiled his oxen. And I think what he was doing, he was a farmer. That was how he made his living. And he said, God allows me to be called into full-time ministry to follow the man of God, Elijah. I am going to burn up the things that would call me back to live for this world. And it's high time that some of us Take the things that are going to keep us in this world, serving the gods of this world, and break them up. And let's have a good old plow burning tonight. That used to happen. My sister was down in Mexico for a couple years, and they had camp. And the last night of camp, the kids would all go home and they'd get their their books and their CDs and their cassette tapes and they'd bring them together and they had a good old fire. And the kids would say, they didn't take that block of wood. They took their gods of this world and they threw them into the fire. And it's high time we have that. God, I'm going to step over that line And I'm not going back until the day that I die. I see the church people here. Stay faithful to the end. This is a decision that today you can make as a member of Fairhaven Baptist Church. I'm going to cross over that line in service to my king and be faithful to the end. Remember, the line is drawn in the sands of time. I am the Lord, that is my name. If you're going to step over that line, make sure you're ready to give it all. Don't hold back. God wants 99%. No. That one thing you're holding back is what God wants. I'm thankful that I have prayer in my life that keeps His glory in our service where it needs to be. I'm thankful for godly wisdom that helps us keep His glory where it should be because He's going to get it. He wants all. Matthew 22, 37, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. In Singapore, there is an airline, uh, Flight SQ-006, on October 31st, 2000. During a heavy rainstorm and strong winds caused by a typhoon, 
it ta- uh, uh, this plane was taxiing down the runway. Pilots watched the meters and the wind gusts. And they were right on the edge of whether they were being, going to be allowed to f- take off and fly. They were right on the edge. The pilots were getting anxious. They wanted to get off the ground in order to avoid getting grounded in Singapore for days because of this tropical storm. The travel to the, down the runway was slowed to only about nine miles an hour. The pilots were cleared to depart from the runway 05 left at 11.15 p.m. However, it took a right turn too soon. They were traveling a little slower than normal. And they couldn't see very well. And they turned down 05 right instead of 05 left. Problem was 05 right was closed for construction. Due to the obscured visibility caused by the harsh weather, the flight crew did not, the flight crew did not see the construction equipment parked on a uh, runway just over a kilometer away. By the time the pilots reached the equipment, it was too late to swerve the plane. The nose of the aircraft had already left the ground. The plane, the plane collided with the parked equipment. The impact caused the plane to break into two and caused the the fuel tank to explode immediately. Most were seated in the middle section of the plane. Most that were seated there in the middle section of the plane were killed. Others suffered extreme burns. Of the 179 people on board, 83 of them died that night. Four crew members all died that were in the cabin. The pilot, the two co-pilots survived. What, What caused this to happen? On the meters there on the plane, there was one meter that they ignored. They were right on all the others, but they left one out. Had they heeded that, the warning on that one meter, that would have never happened. They gave almost all. They forgot one. God wants all. Don't leave one left and end up in destruction. As we serve Jesus, we want to serve Jesus Christ. Let's go all in. I love the term "all in." It's not worth holding back. Christians that are not fully on board. We should be fully committed to the Lord. I think of those 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 beacons that they used to use, the VOR beacons. I've not been up there, but I was using this as an illustration in our church, and one of the guys came up after me. He said, you know, about five miles from here, we have one of those. And I keep saying, I'm going to go hike up there and find, see it, but I haven't. But before they had GPS and all of that, they had the the very high-frequency omnidirectional range beacons. Aviators would follow these beacons on the map. Their receiver, they would have a receiver in the aircraft, and that receiver would be set to pick up that one frequency. 
They would point the aircraft at that beacon and fly directly to it. But aviators would say if they strayed from that path, just a degree. In a matter of two hours, three hours, they would be hundreds of miles away from their destination. Our path is service for Jesus Christ. And if we stray one degree, we're going to end up miles from where God wants us. Joshua chapter 24, verse 18, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Some dads in here tonight need to reestablish crossing that line. And saying, our family, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You establish that and watch what your family does. You be a testimony that you're going to stay on course for Jesus Christ and watch what God does for your family. I go back to our text, Isaiah 42, verse 8. I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will, not get, I, will I not give to another. Neither my praise to graven images. Can I say the last area that we need to cross over that line? Cross over in the area of sacrifice and suffering. Consider what Jesus Christ did. Consider what 2 Timothy 3 says. Yea, and all that will live godly shall suffer persecution. And let's just go all in. Say, I'll go all the way to death. If it costs my life, I'll do it. If it costs prison time, I'll do it. Say, that's not here in America. It's coming. Your generation will suffer heavy persecution. America will not continue to stand We began with Colonel Travis at the Alamo. The line has been drawn. The choice is yours. We know the story goes that 189 of the 190 Texas defenders did give their life for the cause of freedom that day. And what do we say about the Alamo? Remember the Alamo. I'm asking you today, from this point in your life to the day that you cross over into glory, remember the Lord. Amen. Amen. Very popular song to be sung in services like this is a simple song, I have decided to follow Jesus. If you look, and, and I, did, I meant to look up the song, it's in your hymn book there, but I just don't, don't worry about that now. It was based actually on the last words of a man from Gairo Assam in India. About 150 during the Welsh revival, there was a stirring up, and, and I'll just throw this out there. If revival happens in your heart, 
soul winning follows. Being a missionary follows. And during that Welsh revival, there was a stirring of people to go into missions. And many of these missionaries left and went to the country of India. And one of these particular missionaries was there in India winning people to the Lord. And he won this young man, his wife, and his two children to the Lord. The man's faith proved to be contagious, and many villagers began to accept uh, uh, Jesus Christ as their Savior. The village chief got angry. He called them, the family, the first family to be converted. He brought them before the rest of the people there in the village, and he said, You need to renounce your Christianity, your faith in Jesus Christ. And that missionary had begun to work with the the people there and was teaching them a song. And as the the chief asked him, will you renounce your faith? He began to, or he responded in a word of song. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. The man's response angered the chief. And he ordered the archers to shoot down his two sons. As his sons lay there in front of them twitching, the chief looked at the man and he said, look at your sons. He said, is your desire for your wife to join them? If not, renounce your faith in Jesus Christ. The man began to answer again. Though no one join me, still I will follow. Though no one join me, still I will follow. Though no one join me, still I will follow. No turning back, no turning back. His wife immediately join their two sons in death. The chief continued to press the man to denounce his faith. And the man began to sing the third verse of that. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, The cross before me. No turning back. No turning back. And he was ushered into eternity. Just like that. He counted the cost of stepping over the line. And he said it is worth it. But the chief began to wonder to himself. Why should this man, his wife, and his two children be willing to die for a 
man who lived so long ago in such a faraway country. And he said these words, he said, there must be some remarkable power behind the family's faith. And he said, I too shall taste of that faith. And in that moment, he declared, I too belong to Jesus Christ. When the crowd heard this from the mouth of their chief, the whole village began to accept Jesus Christ. I think, not saying the man from that tribe would say, I'm so glad I crossed that line. It will be worth all when we see Jesus. Take my love, my Lord, I pour. At thy feet its treasure store. Take myself and I will be ever only all for thee. My burden tonight is that 100% of the people under the sound of my voice I'm going to give all. I fear some are going to walk out under the white flag of surrender and say it's not worth it. I want this world. And my heart breaks for you. My heart breaks. I'm stepping over it for the Lord. And one day when we stand before Jesus Christ, we will see all our, his, all our histories unfold. And my prayer is that we don't look back here and say 189 of the 190 gave themselves for the cause of Christ, but rather to be able to say 190, all of them, came to the conclusion that it is worth it to serve Jesus Christ. Amen. I remind you tonight, the words of the scripture, I am the Lord, that is my name. And my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. Dear Heavenly Father, we come.